You are listening to a special pre-recorded episode of The Four Persons Show. Though we will not be taking live calls tonight, we want to answer any questions or comments you may have. Drop us a line at email at thefourpersons.com. of August is a very Marian month. You have the great feast of the dedication of St. Mary Major, the feast of Our Lady of the Snows. On August 5th, you have the tremendous solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary on August 15th. And then you have the feast of Our Lady of Knock on August 21st. And of course, most recently, we celebrate the feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, on August 22nd. In fact, the entire month of August is dedicated to that devotion, to that Immaculate Heart of Our Lady. And so with this in mind, I would like to have our devotional discussion this particular month be on Our Lady, in particular, her Immaculate Conception, her singular privilege of being conceived without stain of original sin in the womb of her mother, St. Anne. But to begin this discussion on that singular privilege of the Immaculate Conception, I'd like to talk about one particular false apparition. In June of 1981, six young people from Croatia went up a hill near the village of Magigori in what was then rural Yugoslavia. When the six youngsters came down, they said that they had seen, quote-unquote, the gospel the Croat word for lady. The local bishop was initially open to their claims of seeing the Blessed Mother, but after he interviewed them and learned the full story, he knew that it was a complete hoax. As years have passed since that time, and the false reports of the apparitions have continued, there has been more and more evidence of the full deception and fraud surrounding the idol of Magigori. Let's begin with the glaring theological errors in connection with this false apparition. The error of religious indifferentism is present within this false apparition. In a sense, it's as if the Madonna has embraced Freemasonry. The Isle of Magigori stated to the supposed visionaries that, quote, all religions are equal before God, unquote. The false messenger continued with the revelation that, quote, the Muslims and the Orthodox, like the Catholics, are equal before my son and before me, for you are all my children, unquote. Even though the Catholic Church is not a denomination, but rather the one true religion outside of which no one can be saved, the false idol taught differently, stating that, quote, God directs all denominations as a king directs his subjects through the medium of his ministers, unquote. In fact, the gospel claimed that the holiest person in the local villages in and around Magigori was an unbaptized, idolatrous Muslim woman named Pasha, who excelled all the baptized in holiness. 
The errors of this false apparition are also seen in regard to the sinlessness of the Virgin and her role as mediatrix of all graces and all intercession. Unlike at Lourdes, the apparition at Lourdes, the true apparition, where the Blessed Mother only prayed the Apostles' Creed and the Glory Be during her recitation of the Holy Rosary at Medjugorje, the idol prays the prayer of sinners, namely the Our Father, where the harlot of Medjugorje asks that her trespasses be forgiven? Seriously? When asked by the six young people if they and others should approach the Blessed Mother for her, for her intercession, knowing that all graces pass through her hands, the false idol stated, quote, I do not dispose of all graces. Jesus prefers that you address your petitions directly to him rather than through the intermediary, like me, unquote. Near universalism is present also, or the heresy that states that all men are saved. When the idol reports that most every soul today in the modern world ends up in purgatory, in other words, saved. And then we must consider the position taken by the various local ordinaries and bishops and their insistence that nothing supernatural is happening at Magigori. When a lady first allegedly appeared to the six youths in 1981, she reportedly told them that she would only appear three more times. Three more times, that's it. She has since appeared, according to the alleged visionaries, nearly 50,000 more times. The local ordinary for the diocese in which Magigori is located had this to say not too long ago. He said, quote, considering everything that this diocesan chancery has so far researched and studied, including the first seven days of the alleged apparitions, one can say, quote, there have been no apparitions of Our Lady at Magigori, unquote. Furthermore, the same bishop noted that, quote, the apparitions have been studied by several commissions at a diocesan level, by the Croatian Bishops' Conference, the Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith studied the phenomena on two occasions. The local and national commissions arrived at the conclusion that there is nothing supernatural to the apparitions, unquote. And then we must consider the strong opinion of the bishop and exorcist, namely Monsignor Andrea Gemma, on the topic of Magigori. He states very bluntly the following. The apparition at Magigori, quote, is an absolutely diabolical event around which numerous underworld interests revolve. I'm referring to the devil's dung, the bishop said, to money. What else? He continued, at Magigori, everything happens for the sake of money. Pilgrimages, overnight stays, the sales of things... In this way, abusing the good faith of the poor people who go there with the idea of meeting the Madonna, the false seers have set themselves up financially. They have married and live a wealthy life, to say the least, unquote. You know, none of the seers have become a religious or a priest. They all make a good living 
solely from their association with Magigori, especially with one quote-unquote visionary whose home in Massachusetts is valued at approximately $1.5 million. The alleged seer's spiritual director in the past was a father Vlasic, who was laicized, laicized for sins of impurity, and was ruled guilty of promoting doubtful doctrine, guilty of manipulating consciences, guilty of suspect mysticism, guilty of disobedience towards lawful superiors. According to the pseudo-visionaries, the gospel, forgive me, giggles at times. She makes her appearances according to the whims of the visionaries and can be canceled if there is a scheduling conflict. The gospel goes through wardrobe changes and lets people step on her robe at times, even becoming grubby in appearance due to those who touch her. The gospel, we're told, almost dropped the infant Jesus. The idol moves up and down, we are told, at the behest of the seers who seemingly control her movements. But for this talk, I would like to note especially the statue of Our Lady of Magigori. That is the way Our Lady is depicted in the statue is of great interest. You see, the statue of the gospel wears a long dress and a light veil upon her head. Her feet are covered by the dress, and the cloud she floats on also completely covers her feet. In other words, those feet that heel, in particular, crushing the head of the serpent with an apple in its mouth, that heel, that foot is completely covered up. Satan both hates and fears the heel of Our Lady's foot, so her feet must be covered up. And believe me, the covering up of the feet of the gospel is significant, for the gospel serves the serpent, but would never crush him. In the inerrant sacred history of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 15, to be exact, we have what is sometimes referred to as the proto-gospel, the first gospel, the first indication of the redemption of mankind from sin. After the original sin, there is the promise of the child and the mother who will give him birth. But there's also an enemy relationship established. The text of Genesis 3.15 shows Almighty God addressing the serpent in the following words, quote, I will put enmities, enmities between thee and the woman, and thy seed and her seed. She shall crush thy head, and thou shalt lie in wait for her heel, unquote. Much of Marian artwork, at least in the West, depicts the serpent under the foot of Our Lady. Heaven itself confirmed this image when the Mother of God appeared to St. Catherine Labore in 1830. There were various elements of this vision, and among them was an image of a serpent crushed under Mary's feet. Satan has never had any power over her, and has always been crushed by her from the moment of her conception onwards. And that is why on December 8th, 
1854, the very Feast of the Immaculate Conception, Blessed Pius IX, solemnly and infallibly declared the following, quote, We define that the doctrine which holds the Blessed Virgin Mary at the first instant of her conception by a singular privilege of grace of the omnipotent God in consideration of the merits of Jesus Christ, the Savior of mankind, was, key word, was preserved free from all stain of original sin, unquote. But then the same Holy Father added, quote, the Most Holy Virgin united with him, Christ, by a most intimate and indissoluble bond, was with him and through him eternally at enmity with the evil serpent and most completely triumphed over him and thus crushed his head with her immaculate foot. Those words were brought to you by the eminent Father Shannon Collins, one of the leading voices in Catholicism today. That message was brought to you by the Fatima Center, and Father Collins also provides work to Census Fidelium and to Lighthouse Media. So to say that he is one of the clear teaching voices in the Catholic Church today would be an understatement. Father Collins' damning indictment of the false apparitions in Medjugorje is just the beginning of the presentation tonight. Before we go any farther, I'm going to go into a detailed description of exactly where these alleged apparitions stand in terms of the approval process of the Catholic Church. You may have heard a lot of disinformation, and we're here to clear the record tonight. to our show page at thefourpersons.com and look for the article relative to this show. You'll find a number of links and articles in the show notes. The first of which is the norms that are published by the Vatican for the approval of private revelations. Now I'm not going to go into details about what those norms are. You can go in there and read them yourself. But Medjugorje followed this procedure exactly. It started out on the local level, it elevated to the diocesan level, elevated to the nationwide level, and then elevated to the international level, the Vatican, as this event got bigger and bigger and bigger. The allegation that the Vatican took the investigation away from Bishop Perrick is just one of the many lies that the supporters of Medjugorje tell, and they tell many lies to support their their little story. This story is not true at all. It was Bishop Perrick who sought the help of the Vatican because this thing had grown so immense. So here is the timeline of events in the approval process of Medjugorje. The first bishop, Bishop Zanuck, started a commission that investigated the alleged events. That commission returned a verdict stating 
that the apparitions could not be determined to be of supernatural value. In other words, not worthy of belief. Later, the same bishop launched a second commission. That second commission returned the same verdict, not worthy of belief. Following that, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, the CDF, did their own investigation and came to the same determination. Following that, Bishop Perrick, the successor to Bishop Zanuck, instituted another commission that did another investigation that returned the verdict that the Medjugorje apparitions were not worthy of belief. Following that, it was elevated to the national level where all of the bishops of Yugoslavia, 20 in all, gathered to convene. One abstained from voting. The other 19 unanimously voted against the apparitions in Medjugorje. These are all of the official investigations that have been done on Medjugorje, and every single one of them returned a negative judgment. Now, it must be understood that a negative judgment of the Catholic Church from the bishop level or from the Vatican level must be obeyed. Supporters of Medjugorje like to quote from a Dayton University website that lists all the alleged apparitions. And they like to quote apparitions such as Medjugorje and Garabandal and others as being under investigation when in fact the cases have been closed. Here is a quote from the website Catholic Culture, which is also included in our show notes. This is very important. It is forbidden, as well as sinful, to propagate private revelations which have received a negative judgment from the local bishop, the conference of bishops, or the Vatican's congregation for the doctrine of the faith. Some people say I'm going to follow it until the Pope says it's false. This is a useless guide for action in this matter. Very rarely does the Pope make a pronouncement for or against a revelation. Let me say this again. It is forbidden to propagate private revelations which has received a negative judgment from the local bishop, as has Medjugorje, the conference of bishops, as has Medjugorje, or the Vatican's congregation for the doctrine of the faith, as has Medjugorje. So, by the rules stated on this website, and again the link is in our show notes, it is forbidden to promote the apparitions of Medjugorje. The first thing that has to be noted when looking at the Rurini report is to recognize the three different opinions with regard to Medjugorje that have emerged. The first opinion is that all of the apparitions from the beginning in June of 1981 to the present time are real and true. The second opinion, mine, is that none of the apparitions from the beginning to now are true. And the third opinion is that of the Ruini Report, that 99% of the apparitions are false, 
and that seven of the apparitions in total should be considered as approval. Seven out of 50,000. It must be made clear the Ruini report is not silent on the rest of the apparitions. It doesn't say seven are true and all the rest of these may be true. The Ruini report by a large margin expressly condemns all of the apparitions after the first seven. It calls the visionaries liars, money grubbers, and actors who are going through the motions. The Ruini report expressly and explicitly states that the Virgin Mother is not appearing in Medjugorje. Let me repeat that. The Ruini report states that the Virgin Mother is not appearing in Medjugorje, but that it may be considered that she appeared there from the period of June 25th, 1981 to July 3rd, 1981. That is the only window that the Ruini Report leaves open. The second lie that's bantied about is that the report is a approval from the Vatican. That it is a Vatican approval of at least part of the apparitions of Medjugorje. Nothing could be further from the truth. Let me read from the Catholic News Agency, and we have included a snippet of this article from the Catholic News Agency in the show notes. Quote, Francis mentioned them on the airplane. The Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, led by Cardinal Gerhard Ludwig Muller, expressed doubts about the phenomenon and about the Ruini Report, considered an authority authoritative contribution to be compared with other opinions and reports. So, two things. First of all, it's just an opinion. It's the opinion of the Ruini Commission. Second, it was not received well. It was not received well by the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith. It was not received well by the Pope. And that was the only hope that this report had of ever having any life. It must be approved by the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith and the Pope. And guess what, folks? Ain't happening. The Pope's on record as saying this is not the Blessed Mother appearing in Medjugorje. The Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith wanted the whole thing thrown out. Not only is Pope Francis staunchly against Medjugorje, but all of the Popes during the entire reign of this travesty have been against it including Pope Benedict XVI, who exiled one of the priests, exiled him out of the country. Now, one of the biggest lies being promoted by the Medjugorje supporters is that Pope John Paul II was a secret supporter of Medjugorje. Now, they have to say secret because during his entire 25-year papacy, he never said anything public and he never visited the place. But there's this rumor being circulated around that he secretly was a supporter of Medjugorje. Patrick Madrid, the eminent Catholic apologist, refutes this clearly on his website, patrickmadrid.com. So, I quote, quote, Sure, there are numerous instances of private comments alleged to have been made by John Paul II about Medjugorje. 
but none that I am aware of which have been verified with documentation such as video or audio rec recordings. Peruse these comments and you'll see they are all third-hand, he said, she said, etc. Close quote. That's it. It's a lie. John Paul II never supported Medjugorje. He never would have because it's a fraud. Now that I've shown you very clearly that the apparitions in Medjugorje are condemned and that condemnation has no chance of being overturned, let's get into the meat and potatoes of why. Let's take a close look at what has come out of this travesty in Bosnia. You're going to be shocked because much of this you probably have never heard and you'll never hear it from the Medjugorje supporters because they want to cover this up and pretend like it hasn't happened. But this is the truth of the apparitions in Medjugorje. Bishop Zanuck, the first bishop, had to rule on these facts. And these are facts. They're incontrovertible. All six visionaries were adamant that the visions would end on July 3, 1981. That prophecy proved to be false. The Rowini Commission report has no credibility because the one prophecy that's in it didn't come true. Fact. The visionaries have been caught in multiple indisputable lies. Even the Ruini Commission report admits this. Fact, the vision certainly did not follow the patterns of previously proved events. The greed and lack of entrance into any religious life of any of the seers is just one example. In fact, they all became multimillionaires. Jackoff owns a mansion on the outskirts of Boston valued at $1.5 million. And that mansion was paid off in the first year by profits from Medjugorje. Does that sound like St. Bernadette, St. Juan Diego, or Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta of Fatima? The apparitions also break another pattern. The fact that there's Tens of thousands of messages. It's absolutely unprecedented. The Virgin Mary is known for appearing a few times, being brief, getting right to the point. Even apparitions that have gone on for many years, where the apparitions have been spread out over many years, did not have anywhere near this volume of messages. It proves that, that it's false. The overwhelming majority of the messages fall into the category of banal but not offensive. But there are some undeniably heretical, even blasphemous messages from Medjugorje, and they are cataloged. They are documented. So let's talk about the good fruit, the so-called good fruit of Medjugorje. Father Vlasic, the spiritual director to the visionaries, was defrocked, then excommunicated. Among the serious charges were violations of the Sixth Commandment, sexual sins. His sexual deviancy came to be known to then Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, who forced him to leave Medjugorje. He exiled him for this and for the conjuring up of evil spirits. This priest was practicing the occult. He is now a full-fledged promoter of the occult and New Age and a promoter of UFO conspiracy theories. Folks, this is a fact. It's, it's not disputed. Vlasic's fellow Franciscans, Fathers Vega and Persini, led a mob to evict the clergy from a Mostar church. The bishop suspended them. The Gospa 
The so-called gospel told the seers that the bishop was to blame and that the dissonant priests were to ignore the bishop's direct. This kind of naked disobedience is impossible for the real Virgin Mary. This was a demon. This was not Mary. Over the next few months, the devil with the blue dress on said that the priest should stay in the diocese and continue to hear confessions and give communion, communion even though they had been stripped of their faculties. The so-called gospel, or demon, then said the bishop, a devoutly Marian bishop, had no love of God in his heart. The demon continued that the defrocked priest had no faults. Well, Vega's faultlessness took a bit of a hit when he, like Vlasic, was defrocked for sexual indiscretions. He impregnated a nun. This is the priest who the so-called gospel said had no faults. Their Franciscan brother and central Medjugorje figure, Father Joseph Zofko, was also defrocked for insubordination and allegedly molesting Medjugorje pilgrims. Oh, this is nice stuff, right? Later, the Franciscans were involved in the kidnap of, Parish, of Bishop Perrick, who had to be rescued from his abduction. The Medjugorje priest kidnapped a bishop. Can you imagine? Here's the other thing about Medjugorje. In the entire 40 years, there's not one documented miraculous cure verified by the Medical Bureau. There is not one miracle verified by the Vatican. There is not one publicly released, peer-reviewed scientific study on any of the visionaries. Not one verifiable prediction that has ever come to pass. Not one sanctioned bishop or body of the Bosnian Catholic Church that has ever issued an approval. And not one visionary has entered the religious life. Then there's the famous video, and we, we will include this in our show notes. You can't hear it here, but there's the famous video where Vichka is caught faking an apparition. She's caught faking an apparition. And then after she's caught, proven to be faking an apparition, she claims that the Blessed Mother was about to drop the baby Jesus. So the Gospel of Medjugorje has quite a record of accomplishments. She was about to drop the baby Jesus. She defends sexual predators. She encouraged a defrocked priest to hear confessions and celebrate communion. She encouraged disobedience to the bishop. She actually sent a threatening letter to the bishop through one of the visionaries that he better get on the pro-med train and ignore the negative sides. Ignore the negative sides. Oh, but there's more. The Medjugorje Gospel endorses the poem of the man-god, which is condemned by the Vatican. She nearly brought about the end of the world over a handkerchief, and we'll include that story in the show notes too. She claims all religions are equal before God. She overturns the history of the church for some 1,600 years in a testimony of at least five canonized saints in claiming the birthday of the mother of Jesus is in August, not September. She's indecisive in her visions. She makes predictions, none of which have come true. She becomes filthy from the sins of reprobates putting their hands on her. This is blasphemy to the mother of God. She appears on demand to the visionaries. 
who make thousands of these visions, drive luxury cars and live in mansions. She tells the visions not to pray visionaries not to pray for themselves. She tells visionaries that all people in heaven have a soul and a body. She praised Father Vlasic for his work. Oh, she also said this, All souls receive a new body. The old body rots in the earth never to rise again. This is heresy, folks. Oh, and there's this one. On Saturday, September 4th, 1982, the vision, the so-called Madonna said, Jesus prefers that you address yourselves directly to him rather than through an intermediary. In the meantime, if you wish to give yourselves completely to God, if you wish that I be your protector, then confide in me your intentions, your fasts, and your sacrifices so I can dispose of them according to the will of God. So the gospel of Medjugorje has suddenly become a Protestant. How about Mariana the Visionary being associated with the formation of Caritas of Birmingham? that was condemned as a heretical cult, she's still associated with it. There are undeniable ties from the Medjugorje visionaries to the Protestant charismatic movement with monetist undertones. There's Gnosticism present in Medjugorje in the secrets they would not reveal even to the Vatican or the Commission. The Gospel apparently said that all skeptics of Medjugorje, listen to this, all skeptics of Medjugorje were disbelieving Judases. Even Mary of Fatima wouldn't say that. Believing in a private revelation is not required. Medjugorje apologist Father Laurentin changed the above to doubting Thomases. So he actually changed the words of the so-called Madonna. Folks, Medjugorje is a joke. It's condemned in any way that it can be condemned. The messages are absolutely absurd and heretical. And there's never been anything miraculous that has come out of Medjugorje. It's time people move on from this farce and start paying attention to the real apparitions of our Blessed Mother, of which there are quite a few. Fatima, Lourdes, La Salette, Barang, Benoit, Guadalupe. Medjugorje is done. It's time to move on. You are listening to a special pre-recorded episode of The Four Persons Show. Though we will not be taking live calls tonight, we want to answer any questions or comments you may have. Drop us a line at email at thefourpersons.com.
thought he saw had been lit for me. He was a stranger in this land, and I am that no less than he. And on this road to righteousness, sometimes it Sunday is the day that starts the greatest of all roller coasters, from triumph to tragedy to triumph. It was a roller coaster for us, but it was always a straight line for God. These are the kinds of things we enter in with trepidation, because it's really scary to go this deep. We thought He came to save us, and He did, but we didn't understand what He came to save us from and we certainly didn't understand how he intended to do it. So we rebelled against his salvation and committed the greatest act of evil ever perpetrated, the murder of God. 
And how did this God respond to this unthinkable malice? Did he smite us with a firestorm that erased us from the face of the earth? He certainly could have. What defense could we have made for ourselves for such an atrocity? Not one atrocity, a whole host of them. The drama of Passion Week plays out the drama of our lives. It is not a clumsy metaphor. It is an exact fit because our crimes reach back through time. He felt my sins in the scourging. It was I who spat on him and punched him in the face when I dared to rebel and display ingratitude in response to the miraculous graces he has showered on me. Isn't this a picture of us? Today, we are laying down palm fronds for his feet and singing out, Hosanna to the King. Five days later, we are crying out, crucify him and calling down the blood guilt on ourselves and our children by our own words and actions. Yes, we were in that crowd. We were Barabbas, whose place he took. We were Dismas, who he promised paradise. This one week is so deep and so profound, it takes us six weeks to prepare for it. In this week is the answer to those questions detractors try and stump us with. Why does God allow evil in the world? Why does God allow suffering in the world? This is why. Just attempt to fathom that God used our rebellion, our malice, our infinite insolence and ingratitude to save us. By His wounds that we inflicted, we are saved. He healed us of our own wounds, many of which we also inflicted on ourselves. Longinus is the traditional name given to the centurion whose blindness was cured by the very blood and water he caused to flow by jamming a spear into the side of our blessed Lord. In heaven, Longinus will look upon the blood, the wound he caused, by which he himself was saved. We at the Four Persons Apostolate hope these things fill you with awe, but if they only fill you with awe, then we have failed. Palm Sunday dawned the hope of a people longing to be saved. The bitterness did not come as a result of God ever shrinking from the fulfillment of that promise. It came from our lack of faith. Faith is supposed to seek the salvation and deliverance of God, yes, but a lack of faith results from the fact that God always delivers in ways we don't expect and often in ways that seem absurd to human reasoning. We will appreciate this more, not less, if and when we get to heaven and see God's true majesty. Only then will we truly understand just how big our God is and the unmitigated gall of us to have ever dared to offend Him. When the people cried out, Hosanna to the King, they spoke the truth. Those same people, not a week later, cried out, We have no king but Caesar. While bowing and submitting to Caesar, 
we nailed God to a cross. We gave to Caesar what belonged to God, and we gave to God what belonged to us. And from the cross, he gave us his mother as an advocate in John 19. And from the tomb, he gave us victory over death and hope. This should bring you to tears. Tears first of sorrow and repentance. Tears following from joy and elation. 